guys it's pearls and today i have along with me my friend and colleague rod hey rod how you doing today hi doing great we're on today to start talking about some transformational experiences that you've had definitely ready to share absolutely tell us something about yourself i was even a uh, a food scientist for quite a long time creating products and and I've always felt that that's been one of my my niche things is just being creative and exploring. And uh, that has certainly driven um, into my transformation, which we'll talk about more when we get into it. Um, I've always believed that the more you know how to operate you, the better off you're going to be to operate yourself around others and understand others. Um, a little bit more. But we'll uh, we'll definitely be sharing and getting a lot deeper as we go along. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me how your transformation journey started. So I'll give you the date of when the transformation happened. And it was the day before Labor Day in 2015. A very significant date. But uh, before I tell you what ha- what happened on that date and where, we'll we'll back it up to where things kind of began. And to me. That began around 2010. Um, at that time in my marriage that I had at the time with three kids, and they were uh, nine, eight, and seven at the time, very busy household. And uh, I was an active father starting a new job. And uh, I, I really wanted to just be really active and outgoing. And I was really into this thing called self-awareness that I learned from my previous job like what could I learn more about myself and uh, I found that what was driving me to want to be so outgoing and exploring and trying new things was actually my fear of death I was so afraid of death that I would have panic attacks or trying to go to sleep and I would just suddenly lunge out of bed and just be in a panic. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die someday and I won't be around and I won't exist. And that drove me. Wow. How did that, did that happen just in 2010 or was it something that stayed with you from way in the beginning? When those panic attacks started to happen, they, uh, for for whatever reason, sometimes they would just come on their own. And typically when I was alone or when I was um, trying to go to sleep or when I would wake up in the middle of the night and then try to get myself back to sleep, when my mind was free to just kind of wander and it would get itself into these situations where it would trigger that fear of death and just go into a panic and I would get up and pace or walk around or have to watch some TV or something to get my mind off of it. Um, and then I would thankfully recover, go to sleep and away I went like, that's how I'm going to direct my life because I'm so fear of death. Like I really need to make every day count. I need to just do things to keep my mind off of that fear. That must've been so intense. I can't even imagine how, I, I mean, I, I kind of can because um, with my mom's passing, 
as well. You know, death has become such a huge topic of, you know, a focus for me where I am much, much more aware of what that means, what this life means, and that truly there will be a point in time where I will also be joining my mom, right? And it scares me, but it also, you know, provides that perspective that the time that we have here is so important and every day matters and counts, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, death, death was a subject I was not um, very open to discussing with people because of the, the, even just the fear of, of fear itself and getting into a panic attack situation. Very uncomfortable, very unsettling. Yeah. But it, but it drove me to, you know, have good, uh, different groups of friends and pockets of friends because I liked being around people. Right, being around people was another way because being alone, my mind would potentially wander and have a panic attack. So I like to be around people, which also shaped when it comes to self awareness. You've heard of the five love languages, and uh, one of them that is top for me is called quality time and it shaped happens to be one of my top languages because I feel that the, the time to me is more valuable than anything else that we have in our possession mm. is your, is your time. And I'll elaborate more on that later once we get to the transformation piece. But yeah, I, I felt that time is so highly valued for me and spending time with people helped prevent me getting in those panic situations, then I needed to have lots of friends. Not a bad outcome, right? However, one group of friends was very outgoing and adventurous, like made me feel young again. And uh, so we started taking trips together and it just so happened that one of our trips, um, we encountered a gentleman on a lake because we had rented a boat that broke down. And this guy, uh, nice guy, pulled up in his boat, saw we needed some some help, and uh, offered to give us a tow. Uh, he, he towed us to shore, um, invited us if we wanted to to, to stay at his place because we were, were living in uh, tents. We were camping. And he had a boat place, but we weren't just sure. We just met this guy. I mean, yeah, he's nice and everything. And uh, it turns out, um, skipping over several things, that the very next year, one of our friends stayed in touch with him. um, And he, again, opened the invitations. Like, you guys don't have to come down and and camp. You guys, I'm completely a harmless guy, friendly guy, and uh, have this house you can stay in. So we did that for the next couple of years. We, we, uh, took our summer trip together, went and stayed at his lake house. Um, it was great. And then this guy, for whatever reason, looked at me and said, hmm, I think I know something that you should have in your life. And I'm like, what's that? And he goes, it's this thing called Burning Man. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, really? Because he had been to it a couple times. He had just started his journey to this event. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure. Um, sounds interesting. Um, and if no one knows what Burning Man is, right, it's this huge, not a festival, ex- but it's an experience, an experimental city based on 10 principles. It happens 
the late August, early part of September in the northwestern deserts of, of Nevada called Black Rock Desert. But I'll back up and finish the story so we get to this point is that uh, for the next couple, two, three years, you know, during our summer trip, he would continually try to convince me that this is something I should go and do. Well, it just so happened that uh, in 2015, uh, my wife at the time and I talked about it and we both said, let's do it. Let's try it out. Okay, great. So we start studying up on this. It looks like it could be really fun. It's definitely out of any comfort zone I could even imagine on paper. And uh, it turns out, though, that uh, my wife at the time had uh, backed out of it, but I was committed to going. Like, I told this guy, I will do it. You've been telling me for three years, like, this is something I need in my life. Well, getting tickets to this is incredibly difficult. Uh, it's 80,000 people, but there's like a quarter million people that want tickets. That's crazy. So, so I'm, he's coaching me on all the steps and all the different types of times of the year to get these tickets. And uh, I'm just not having any luck. And uh, this guy is a, uh, a graphic design artist. And uh, every year Burning Man has a ticket and they select the design for the ticket from submissions of artists. And he submitted a design and he called me up and, and said, you had any luck finding a ticket yet? He goes, no. I go, no. And uh, he goes, well, I submitted a design and they picked it. My design is the 2015 ticket for Burning Man. Like, what? that's fantastic. Right. He's like, I can't, I haven't told anybody yet, but I needed to call you right away because they also give me two free tickets to go to Burning Man. So you're going. <laughs> that was it. I'm like, well, I out. definitely am not, not going now. Right. Oh, so yeah. And he's one of my good friends. And uh, <laughs> so we get to the date, right. It's coming up. 2015 and August, I'm still fearing death, right? Still mm -hmm. having panic attacks. I have to gear up for this thing. Like I'm in a desert. You have to bring everything with you to survive for a week. Your shelter, your food, your water, anything you can, th your clothing, all the types of clothing, anything you want to transport yourself around. Like Everything you need, you have to bring in. It is not provided for you at all. And I'm flying in and taking a bus. Thankfully, he uh, he lived nearby to where I was and was able to haul some gear for me. So now we're at the point. We're getting close to the point, right, of this transformational event. And... Uh, when you're at Burning Man, right, you are participating in a camp. It's a community. And uh, one of their principles is participation. Nobody can just be a spectator. Like you are there to participate in the community and everything else that goes around. So I'm in this camp and um, just learning the ropes. And there's lots of work to do, building structures, helping provide with attractions. It's very hot, hard work in the sun. You're partying. 
night after night, these great dance parties, lots of art roaming around. It's just it's just hard to describe. And even if you were to go look it up online and watch videos, it can give you an idea of it. But until you're actually there breathing in dust, coughing up dust all the time, you just don't understand until you're actually there. So, yeah. so it all culminates there at Burning Man around Saturday. Saturday night, the week of Burning Man is the the night they burn the man. It's a big party, big, huge structure of a man. You're working up for that week, but you've been through a whole week of setting up your camp, surviving, sleeping, on and on and on. Well, I'm there on a Saturday morning, knowing that it's a big day for everybody. It's burn night. The first time I'll ever have seen this event take place. And uh, I'm walking around our, our bar area of our camp, cleaning up, tidying up. There's lots of people around in music. I did not have a lot of things going for me that particular day. I had not been drinking enough fluids, so I was probably somewhat dehydrated. I had not been eating enough, even though there was all kinds of food being offered. I should have never been, but I was probably a little undernourished. Sleep, I'd been working so hard trying to fit in and learn the ropes and partying up every night. So I was probably sleep deprived as well. And then on top of it, you're at a higher elevation than where I normally live. It's like three, 4,000 foot elevation in a desert. And then you've got thin air and dust, right? So all these factors is what I can surmise, right, is contributed to this moment that happened. And so <clears throat> this funny feeling came over me, like something didn't feel right. Definitely didn't feel right. Like my body was triggering like something's wrong mm. and I needed some help. So this one girl in our camp who had been showing me the ropes, really nice. I'm like, I, I'm, something's wrong. <laughs> can, can you help me? <laughs> I really needed help. She could obviously see something was wrong with me, even from the outside. So she took me over to a bench. We had some mm -hmm. benches set up, and there was lots of people around, all conversing, visiting each other, telling stories. Sat me down in this crowd of people saying, this is Rod. He's not doing well. Let's give him some help. What I learned was that everyone out there has what they call a playa breakdown. And a playa is um, Spanish for beach, which is what they call the desert out there. And everyone has a breakdown, whether it's physical, mental, anger issues, whatever. Some You'll always have a, some sort of a breakdown. Could be mild, could be extreme. Apparently, I was having the beginnings of a very extreme playa breakdown. Oh, I didn't know and, that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I sat down and I just, the feeling just continued to get worse. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh no, oh no, this is not what I want happening right now. No, please, no, 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 this is not what I want happening right now. I started shaking. I had to curl my head between my knees, hold my head. My feet are pounding on the ground. And in my mind, my mind was feeling like holding on so tight because it felt like 
I was going to die. I was facing the fear of death right there. I just like, if this is the feeling of death coming, this is probably what it is. And I was really freaking out. That's crazy. You went there there to kind of like avoid and overcome that. Yes. And you were actually manifesting that entirely there. Yes. And, and people around me were seeing this and they're all experienced people there. So this one girl that, that, that was right next to me, she was, everyone was touching me, right? This, this physical contact was like helping with security, my own personal well-being, but it wasn't working. And she, this girl, she must have known exactly what was up. She is a, a performer in uh, L.A. And she started reciting poetry to me. And I was focusing on it, like, just, just focus on me telling you some poetry. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm freaking out. What, how could this possibly help me? But amazingly enough, it, it was helping because when she stopped, she's like, well, I can stop. And I'm like, no, no, please continue. Please continue. It's the only thing I can think of to focus on right now. I need to focus. I'm like freaking out. This is really bad. Like this is the worst panic I've ever had. It was horrible, horrible. And I'm out there to have a good time. And I'm like, this is the biggest night of the week. I'm blowing it completely. So she's like, honey, here's why it hurts so bad. It's because you're trying to hold on too tight. You just have to let it go. Your body knows what to do. It knows what it's doing. So basically that told me like, I really need to have more trust in my own body for one, because mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was afraid that my body was going to let me die. Like, you know, you're here to survive. So for whatever reason, after she said that, and she continued doing poetry, I felt this huge release, like the fear just leaving my body and, and backfilling it was all of this joy. Like it's gone. I'm not going to die. I can be happy now. And I was extremely happy super happy all of my energy came back they started of course giving me food and water and all those good things too which may have helped but in the moment i didn't want to eat or eat anything but then all this release and i was so happy and i looked at all the people that were around me and touching me and helping me and just looking at how wonderful and beautiful they were to help me and so happy and they were all happy for me and I was crying because I was so happy and then they started crying because they were so happy it was amazing that's incredible yes but that's that's the transformational moment but where did I actually transform because what happened next was I I learned something from her about control. And this is where I actually cured myself from the thought of the fear of death to no longer have panic attacks. And the lesson is this, the harder that you try to control something that you have no control over, the more likely it is to hurt you. Here I was trying to control death or the fear of death which I have no control over really. I don't have the the control over death, but I do have control over life. Mm. 
And that's where I switched. So now I control my life and I don't worry about death because it's nothing I can control. That's powerful. Sounds like a really intense experience to have had. You said some things about I wanted to really capture here for myself and for those going to be listening. What kind of sparked that fear for you of death? Like, How did you come upon it? Oh, in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Before the transformation? Yeah, like what got you there? So um, I was raised um, by my, my parents, um, raised us Lutheran so that we had religion in our life. But I never really connected with it, right? I never connected with the thought that there's there's some other being higher power and everyone has their own beliefs right and and that's great and some of those are are really ingrained and come from generations but for me it just wasn't connecting so my belief was that there wasn't anything beyond death there was no afterlife there was nothing so all i could look at was the thought that death means darkness and that I don't exist anymore, but things will exist without me, but I don't want to not exist. Mm. And that triggered it. Yeah. Even talking about it right now doesn't even get me riled up. It gets me excited because I am not controlled by the fear of death. Mm. Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy to think back and look back and know that, Beliefs are, you know, any, it doesn't even have to be religion, honestly. It could be any type of thought and system yeah. Yeah. Um, that drives such intense triggers for us and anxieties and fears like that you don't even sometimes connect back to it until it happens, you know, that moment in time. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's a crazy beginning for you to come to you know confront that feeling of death um something also about fear being a driver how did that lead you how did your fear drive you to go there you know it it sounded like you couldn't escape it but then at one point you made the change what would you tell people who are kind of stuck in fear so the fear is what perpetuated me to do other things right to stave off that 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 fear would trigger those responses. But I, I've never went into it thinking, well, it could trigger out there. Something could trigger it. And what would I do with it? Right? So fear in itself is not a bad thing because look where it got me. It, it put me in a situation or I, it got me to a point where I put myself in a situation where I had to confront it. There's just no way around it. You just have to confront it. Um, So a great question. And I would say that it's not only that, like there's several fears that people have, right? There's a common list of fears. And I have been going down the list, conquering, not conquering, I'd say overcoming these fears. Fear of death, taken care of. Fear of public speaking, taken care of. I love getting in front of people and speaking. Fear of heights, not afraid of heights as long as I'm still attached to something, perhaps, <laughs> right? 
Yes. Fear of snakes. No, I'm not afraid of snakes. It's an animal just like me. If I leave it alone, it'll leave me alone, right? Mm. Fear of spiders. Like there's all these fears and people like fear like foods, right? You don't even want to try foods, but it's food. It's your body wants food. Like why would you be afraid to eat something that is okay for you to consume? It's like I've been just getting, figuring out, right, how to go through confronting these fears and coming on the other side going, wow, there's really not much left other than to grow and control life. Yeah. You know, to that point, fear could be a motivator. You know, it's mm -hmm. not always um, a negative light that is shown on fear so many times, just like even anger. If you think about it, you know, if you're not angry, you're not able to move forward and change that for yourself. Right. You got to get angry first. Sometimes you got to get really angry to, um, see something different for yourself. And so I look at fear the same way. It's like if, if, if I've never feared anything or been afraid for something, I, you know, I would have never known to go out to conquer that or to overcome it, right? Like mm -hmm. you said. Mm -hmm. So there's this duality I, I'm finding now in between different emotions, different feelings that we come across that, you know, just as it is, seen as a bad thing maybe it's also a good thing right a real good thing that makes you move past stuff that maybe you would have never even thought to do because you want to be held back right yeah. um so that release it's it's sort of like pushing you to release to outside of those comfort zones and those emotions and feelings it's you got to get there first though right it's, that's, that's, that's right that's and, the hard and, part. and as you and i know that uh, we have to acknowledge our emotions, right? We have to acknowledge them and uh, let them let them pass, so that we can be responsive instead of reactive. Yep, I think that's been my biggest takeaway. You know, post mom and um, picking up the pieces and picking up myself and just the raw emotions that I was hit with. Um, typically, I wasn't one to maybe confront it, or I thought. I was strong and, you know, everything was all good, but it wasn't until you go out and confront and actually sit there in your feelings, um, in, let it tell a story that you've never wanted to be told. Right. Um, I, I think that's where the power came into play. Like, oh, I guess I am actually scared. I guess I am not that strong. I guess I am, you know, feeling bad about that right or it was not cool right so just being really authentic with what you're feeling and dealing with was the creation of a new path yeah that whole confronting those fears right like it caught me off guard and so afterwards it's a matter of like i'm going to go and confront the fears i'm going to I'm going to own that timeline on when they get confronted so that they don't, they don't catch me off guard and by surprise when I'm not prepared. And, and you know, another thing that you said um, I wanted to mention is that as you were finding yourself falling to the floor and crying and not knowing what's happening, you knew that there was something wrong, right? Um, yes. Something was coming. Something was happening to you. There was this trigger in your mind and body and, you know, that's another thing that um, is very telling that I'm recognizing now is that 
why am I not comfortable in this space? Why am I feeling this? You know, like our body has everything that it needs and equipped to tell us what is going on with us, right? It's just, you know, tapping into that intuitiveness for us is, is huge. I think what you had was supportive system around you, like right there and then, <laughs> which is awesome because some people don't have that, you know, it, they just mm-hmm. think, oh, crap, I'm having another panic attack or what's happening or I need to fix this. You know, we have those fixers. You know, I got to get off this emotion. I, got, I can't feel this way anymore. Like, let's get back to normal. But what is normal, right? So just a lot of that. And in reflection, right, I was really, it was all in my head and I was just doing it to myself. Again, I needed to trust my body. My subconscious knows what to do. Those in those uh, systems that just function, and you don't even have to control them, right? You're breathing; you don't have to really control it until you want to. And I was just doing it to myself. Yeah, I love. I that. had no, I had no control over it, and so I was trying to control something I had no control of, and it was going to hurt me. And you can relate that to all kinds of things. If you like, if you try to control another person, they're probably going to the relationship could get hurt, or they may actually hurt you. Like you just, it does it. It applies. It just applies. Yeah, I really love that thought. Um, trust your body. Trust what it's telling you. That has um, been an incredible speaker to people who can listen. You know, because it's sometimes you're so far out. You know, you just you're you're set in this normal. This is supposed to be normal. I'm not supposed to feel this way, right? Mm-hmm. But it's when you start listening that's that's mm-hmm. entrusting your body um definitely really cool stuff can happen another good lesson trust your body listen to your body yep don't ignore it don't push things off mm-hmm. yep. so much more many more things then happen because after that transformation right then now i finally pursued like beliefs and values led up after that so an example was on the same topic of death is like, well, well, what do I really believe is after death? Like, how do you live on? And to me, not believing that there's an afterlife, it comes down to me, it's legacy. Like, that's how I live on. Mm-hmm. How do I live on? I have children. My energy, my body created their bodies, which is my energy as well. When I'm gone, I'm still alive, but it's in them or the memories that I leave with people. And if people speak your name or look at a picture, like anything you leave behind where people remember you, have been a part of you, are a part of you, like that's how you live on, it's legacy. You may not have a consciousness to it, but you are still living on. Oh yes, you're reminding me of Coco. Have you watched that cartoon? I have not. It's so cute. And it just, you know, just made me think of that. It's like they all had pictures of their ancestors and they couldn't come back from the spiritual world, the afterlife, if you will, unless someone had a photo that still was in the physical realm. Um, And yeah, you know, that is truly our legacy, what's our memories. That's, that's the end. That's the afterlife in some ways, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, if I believe that, that's my belief that gives me my, that drives my purpose, my values, like what I'm going to do next. 
how am what am I doing to broaden what I consider my legacy? I think that's such an important point to talk more on is that what you end up receiving and believing for yourself, you know, whether it's the afterlife or your legacy or whatever it is, right? It's going to shape your the way you're wanting to live your life now, right? Mm -hmm. um, you see it through your kids and the, the moments you create with the people you love, you know, some others, it, it really makes me stop and think when you say it that way, what do I believe that will help me push me to make moments that will create that legacy, whatever that means for me, you know, personally, because mm -hmm. I think everybody has different ways of looking at what that Absolutely. legacy could be. So, you know, I, I think the openness to what that can look like is pretty cool too. Like, you know, yeah, I'll share, a, I'll share another value that came out of that transformation. Um, I know earlier in our session, uh, I mentioned that I highly value time over money. And uh, this, this was one of the realizations that happened within the days after that transformation was I was thinking about the, the time. It's like, and I'm talking to individuals about my experience because I immediately share. That's a whole nother lesson is people should be constantly sharing what's on their mind, their opinions, their experiences, and pass that on because someone will do something with it. If you don't share it, it can never, nothing will ever happen to it. You have to share in order for something to be used and converted mm. in, some, in some fashion. But I love I'm, that. I'm as I'm talking to people right now and telling my experience, I'm a I'm talking about how I value time. And it came down to this whole conversion theory is like we all own time, each one of us. As long as we're here, we have time. But what are we doing with our time? And in most cases, right, we have a job. So we're actually converting our life, the time of our life, into this cash, this monetary thing. I work eight hours, I work 40 hours, whatever, I get some cash. I have now tr converted some of my life because it's something I probably wouldn't do. I'd do whatever I want and not get paid, but I'm doing something to get paid and I'll have this cash. Well, then what do you do with the cash? Well, you spend it, right? So now I look at money and when I'm spending it, I'm actually spending my life. Like I had to, I had to sacrifice some of my life to get this cash to now spend my life. And so it really goes into my decision making on when I'm going to buy something. And I'd rather buy more things that give me experiences rather than possessions because the possessions really are in one place, unless you have a car because you need it to convert, yeah. right? But, yeah. but, but all my possessions, like if I can just roam around and not be so attached because your possessions will weigh you down, they will limit how far you will go and will want to go. I look at that too. I look at my garbage can, right? I take the garbage out and then whatever's in there, I paid for with my life. I'm through, I'm actually taking some of my life and putting it on the curb and it's going to the dump because I had to use money to get it. And how did I get the money? I sacrificed my life. So it really makes you look at how you're spending your time. Yeah. I mean, 
I came face to face with that myself too, because after my mom passed, you know, I had to go through her clothes, things that she had put on the shelf and make a decision. Like, am I keeping this? Mm -hmm. Am I throwing it out? Should I be donating it to someone to pay it forward in some respect? I had to make that decision. And, you know, it was actually sad for me to have to make that decision on her behalf because it's something that maybe she valued. And I didn't know how to make that decision for her. So knowing that, I now start having less sentimental values, I would say, towards um, things that, you know, I mean, because I, I think about it and I'm like, if I'm, if I'm not going to be throwing it out or if I'm not um, adding value to something that's here in my home, someone else is going to throw it out for me one day. Yes, that's a great point. And it just put it into perspective, like, why am I holding on to this? Why am I? And it could mm -hmm. be, a, it could have been like something silly, like uh, I'm heavy on the sentimental values of like um, maybe a journal book, right? Or, or a pen even, <laughs> like, I, you know, it's things, but it, I held on to those kind of things. And now mm -hmm. it was just like, it lost all that value because I knew I had to throw those things out for my mom. Um, so yeah, I, I totally hear you on that and can relate to that. I'm more about spending that money on the experiences. So travel has been such a huge part of my life because of that. It's seeing people and visiting cultures that are very different and eating different types of food. It's so much life in that, right? Yeah. Another piece associated with that transformation too was I'm such a calm and level-headed person now mm. and I hardly ever. What were you like hardly, before, I, Rod? <laughs> I, I, I could have been, well, I could have been sporadic and things would just like irk me, right? And I'd, I'd feel this anger. I'd feel this, this, this tingling go up my spine, just like things would just get me angry and things where, you know, whether it was friends or family or get whoever, like I, yeah. Like I'd, I'd raise my voice and yell or sometimes or I'd pound on something. And after this transformation, very rarely, if ever, do I raise my voice, yell, you know, physically get physical with someone or anything like it, it just it's not a part of me anymore. Mm. Like the anger is gone. Like there's no use for it. It's just happiness will win. That sounds like an incredible transformation for sure. I think, you know, there's so much of us that is a part of us that we don't even want sometimes, you know, and it's just become who we are. And to shed that off takes a lot of energy and intention. I don't want it to sound so easy. Like, was it like a flip of a switch overnight for you, that transformation? Like, you know, you could just have this one moment of, realization and transformation for for me that initial moment was exactly that it was so intense it was like a switch mm. like after that i saw everything completely differently i finally understood the environment i was in i looked at people without judgment without bias and just as people and uh there was just no reason to get angry it's like wow everything is just going to be just fine. I wrote about this on my um, my Instagram page, but um, 
Yeah, it did feel like an overnight change, just like you, you know, I saw people and situations and circumstances and pain and all that things that come with life in a different light for the first time. Mm -hmm. And literally a switch over overnight and it's it's hard to you know believe that like if if i were to talk to somebody they'd be like yeah sure like you know you hear that and it's just like can that really happen it it can um i, oh, I yes. think i think it takes some heavy life moments because sometimes it does feel like that crises that push you over so i was gonna ask you do you think this transformation would have happened without that moment. No, no, it, that was a, that was a moment where I was in an environment where like everything just worked and clicked to get me to that extreme. Like I could have continued to have panic attacks, but I don't think any panic attack would have compared to that because of the environment that I was in the environment induced it and there's something to be said in that you know it's like is it just by a luck of chance that that happened for you and everything just happened to work out you know because some people are really striving for this moment for themselves I didn't ask for this moment I don't know if you did but for me my moment was when my mom went and passed that was my overnight transformation day one right but then there are others out there in the community that I've seen are really striving to work themselves to this transformational moment. So I, I really think about that and like, how can we help people along the way to their transformation? And is it even possible to do it without a life crisis? Yeah. When, when I went out there, I was the word transformation and any thinking about that even happening was not even in my mind. I was going there to, to share in an experience and experience something that someone said that, that I would probably enjoy. And that's what I was going with. Like, I'm going to go to a place that someone says I might enjoy and, and find, find value in, but no way did I go there thinking I'm going to come out of this transformed. And now I know myself better than I ever have. And the, the most truest, genuine, authentic me ever comes out of it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I mean. It, it, sometimes it feels like, was it just a luck of a chance or was it, you know, is there something that we can do to work towards? And I, I don't know the answer to that, but from my own experience, I don't think I would have seen myself here in this moment, in this transformational light without that moment. I would say, yeah, I would say the only thing I did did to, um, help it happen uh, was that I engaged in exploring outside of the, the quote comfort zone, right? Like mm. wanting to go and push yourself to the limit, which is another learning lesson, right? Like you don't, you don't know your limits until you've passed them or got right up against them. And usually you know that because there's a fear there, mm -hmm. you know, your limit because you're afraid to fail or afraid to lose something, right? And that's when you know your limits. And then you decide, am I comfortable with that or not? Am I comfortable with the limit that I just experienced? If I am, great. Then you know. If not, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about that? How are you going to confront yeah. it so you can go beyond that because you're not happy with that limit? 
I think that is some insight that we can share with others that go up against your fears, you know, just face them. Mm-hmm. That's not easy for sure. And, and now since then I have returned to Burning Man five times and I have had the opportunity to help others in the way that those original people helped me. That's awesome. And that is, and that is even more amazing because you know how to survive in the environment. And then you, you realize when people are having breakdowns, whatever it may be, and you know how to help them by helping them through it, helping them confront it. And then being there when they come out the other side and having a conversation. I want to kind of bring this back to everyday lives also. Mm. Not everybody can go to a Burning Man event of sorts, right? Or whatever it is, or it, that environment that we're talking about. So this everyday life moments that we're living through, the mundane, right? The day in, the day out. How how are we connecting to people there that are struggling, that are seeking this transformation for themselves, but don't know how to start? I know we said one thing is just confront it. You know, acknowledge your feelings, get authentic with yourself. I think we mentioned self-awareness was another thing. But what else is there that we can bring back for these everyday people that can't really change their environments? It's a great question. It's got me, it's got me looking up at the ceiling going, huh, (laughs) what would I do? What, how would I transform or how would I help others? get to a transformational moment without what I had. Yeah. Right. And it is your environment. And if things aren't changing in your environment, then how do you get to transformation? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I don't have the answer yet. I don't know if we can ever come down to one specific answer, to be honest, but I can say this much. It does disrupt your current reality that environment that you have, it needs to be disrupted. Um, It's a disruptor. And it's got me thinking that when you said that, like people that can't change their environment, you know, maybe they're, it's still a fear, the fear of change, Mm -hmm. right? They don't want their environment to change. Well, therefore they're not going to have a transformation because they're afraid to change something. And if you're willing to change your environment, you open up the door of opportunity to find a transformation or have a transformational moment find you. I, I didn't go seeking one. It found me. Yeah, that's very different, right? When we don't go out and seeking it and it just happens and we're kind of left to make way for ourselves versus we know we want it, but you're kind of stuck in the mundane day to day, right? And I think, you know, I think that's what it is. We're attached to our current reality. We're attached to our current environment. Um, We're attached to the comforts of the familiarities of everyday life, you know. So there's that attachment that keeps us where we're at. And we can never see past it. It's like a border of sorts, (laughs) you know, and... I don't know how we would get past that attachment unless it's something that you truly want for yourself and explore out of that, you know? 
yeah, I keep going. It's like it's confronting a fear. Like if if you don't want to leave your environment or change your environment, well, what what are you afraid of? Why don't you want to change it? Well, I mm -hmm. just like it this way. But if you ask enough, you'll figure out. It's possible to figure out like what's driving you not to change, not to pursue, not to explore. Because like I said, and that's what this realization, this conversation happened was transformation found me. I didn't go seeking it. A lot of you questions. You know, it's so mm -hmm. easy to ask questions about why did this happen to me? Or why is it this way? It's all kind of like pointing fingers outwards. But when we start like asking questions about why don't I feel comfortable with it or mm -hmm. why am I fearful or mm -hmm. whatever it is, you know, it, it changes the way we look at where we're at, you know, like this is why I'm here because, because I'm keeping myself here. Mm -hmm. And so here I am five years past that transformation. The five year anniversary was this past day before labor day. And, uh, you know, I, after the uh, the many other Burning Man events that I'd gone to, I would always find myself just having deep intellectual conversations with people, and some repetitively, repetitively each year. And and one gentleman, uh, a very inquisitive uh, man from India, and and uh, moved to uh, America. Moved India. To, yeah, moved moved to America. He's <laughs> He is a, an amazing, amazing person, and he's uh, still a friend in my life. And uh, he said, you know, you're, you're really making me think. You're really helping me think. That was just getting me to think, like, wow, I may have something. He's like, what do you do for a living? And I go, I do project management. He's like, well, you don't coach or something? Like, mm -hmm. are you a psychiatrist or something? Because you're really helping me out here. And I've had other people say that. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't know maybe I should think about doing that. And he's like, you should, you should, you should try and, and pursue that. You might be on to something that your natural calling is for. And the very next year after he had that conversation with me, I came back and told him I was starting my path to start up my coaching business. Very cool. It's, it's funny how random people or people that are more genuine, authentic. And then someone saw something in me that was there that I couldn't before. And I'm not one to ex ignore exploring it. So I did. Mm -hmm. Us in our circle can see something in ourselves that maybe others couldn't, you know, and mm -hmm. push you towards something like that. That's, I mm -hmm. love hearing stories like that. I think that's so cool. It wouldn't have happened, though, because before that transformation, I can truly say I was not my genuine, authentic self. I was not. I was living in disguise. We were caught and in the matrix. That, and, uh, and after that, it I, is. Yeah. it's amazing. It is. I love how stories like that get connected and shape you and change your outcome, it leading you somewhere that you would have never thought. And here you are. Cool. Now, we're living through a pandemic, right? So we have mm -hmm. all this fear about living a normal grocery shopping or, you know, whatever that we do now, what we used to do normally without even thinking about it. 
we have to have a mask now. We have to have, you know, hand sanitizer, gloves, whatever it is that, to get equipped. Has that triggered your fear of death in any way? No, zero. It's, it's not a, it's not a thing. Yeah. I, 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 I know what I can control. And so I only focus on doing that, only controlling what I can control. That's awesome. Cause I, I really think about triggers such as that, you know, whereas it could be OCD to anxiety, panic attacks, fear of death or whatever it could be that could have been definitely heightened by the pandemic. Well, the pandemic, right. It was a, it was a, an incredibly rushed and forced change on just not a small group of people, but the entire planet. And we are as humans, not wired to change that, that fast and like it. And, we're forced into it and uh now when things like that happen like well what's good about this and people are like are you crazy like how can you say what's good about a pandemic i'm like well well wait a minute so we're driving less that is less pollution we're saving money we're spending more time with our families not commuting into work we're making more meals or having to delivered. So we're actually sitting at home in privacy. Mm-hmm. Like there's all these, what are all the positives? Don't look at the negatives because the negatives are, are what you fear of losing. Like look at how we were before. And you. It's, it's again, going back to the attachment of what was right. Yes. Yes. Oh. Sitting, sitting on airplanes for hours just to enjoy, you know, a couple days of vacation, you're actually getting in the car and seeing the country instead of flying over it. I'm also thinking about those people who are being forced to confront their triggers, their environment. Mm-hmm. They're being forced to confront it. It may have not been so bad before. They may have known that there's something that's, you know, and you know what's what was I found key in my transformation was it found me. Mm-hmm. I confronted it, but I was surrounded by support from complete strangers. And people like you say that are, are being forced to confront, do they have the support of even people they know or strangers? Like without that, like how do you go through a transformation completely on your own and survive it? I just don't know. I don't know either. And I think the first thing that anybody has to do is get real with themselves. Like they do have something Mm -hmm. to conquer here, something to look at deeper, something to understand better of themselves to even get there, you know, past it. It has to all do with the acknowledgement from what I've seen, you know, in my own transformation. It's just the acknowledgement of what it is that's holding me back that's causing up a stir if i never saw it in myself first no one can help me Mm. look at all the opportunities look at all of the positive things instead of going to sitting in movies and restaurants yeah some good stuff thank you so much for your time ron i thought we covered a lot a different area transformation we did a huge spectrum i actually got more out of this even hearing myself tell the story and what i've act real like taking inventory of how much it's been such a good experience and uh it's continuing to 
transform my life, right? It was a transformational moment, but I'm continuing to transform. Yeah. And, you know, same here. I think I get so much out of conversations of this, of these type of topics and just trying to understand and connect it back to life, right? Everyday life, to people, to me, to all these different stories that we share. And you gave me a little bit more perspective on my podcast. You know, you said something about if we don't share what we know or what we um, are here to tell, then it dies with us, right? So I guess right. that's that's giving me new podcasts and I'm super psyched now to do more because these type of conversations bring more connections of our human experiences and shed a light. If it helps just even one person, it's all completely worth it. And you wouldn't think that, but there is and one person could pass it down. These stories get passed down for C. But... It is. Well, thank you, Rod. I appreciate that you spent. Enjoyable. I liked it very much. Same here. This is really, really cool to do. And um, I'm psyched to get this up. Parting words. Cool. Great. Any parting words? Any parting words. Mm. Confront your fears. But make sure you've got support. Make sure you've got support, a good support system. Don't don't try and do it alone. Yeah. Ask for help. We're stronger because we ask for help. Was another yes. thing that I learned. <laughs> okay. That wraps up my very first podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you've made it to the end and like what you've heard, go ahead and make sure to follow me and my journey through transformation at Pearl's Randomness on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. I'm determined to bring on more guests that will share their transformational stories and connect our human experiences one podcast at a time. Thanks for being here. Peace out.